Microsoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Mildred at Home, Episode 3 Dr. Landreth and his party reached Philadelphia in due season, arriving in health and safety, having met with no accident or loss by the way. Mrs. Dinsmore found her father and the family carriage waiting for her and her baby boy at the depot. The others took a hack and drove to the Girard house, where Miss Stanhope, who had been visiting friends in the neighborhood of the city, had appointed to meet them, that they and she might journey westward in company. She was there waiting for them in a private parlor. The meeting was a joyful one to the two ladies, who, though always warmly attached, had now been separated for a number of years. They clasped each other in a long, tender embrace. Then Mildred introduced her husband and exhibited her baby with much pride and delight. Annis, too, for she had quite grown out of Aunt Wealthy's recollection, and had scarce any remembrance of the old lady, except from hearing her spoken of by the other members of the family. The travelers were weary with their journey, and there was much to hear and tell. So the remainder of that day was given up to rest and talk, a part of the latter being on the arrangement of their plans. Mildred proposed that they should take a week or more for rest and shopping, then turn their faces homeward. "'You must allow some time for sightseeing, my dear,' said her husband. "'It would be a great shame to carry Annis all the way out to Indiana again, "'without having shown her the lions of Philadelphia.' "'Oh, certainly she must see them,' said Mildred. "'You can show them to her while Aunt Wealthy and I are shopping. "'You intend, then, to shut me out of that business? "'How shall I know that you will not be ruining me?' "'My dear,' said Mildred, laughing, "'you forget how rich you have made me. "'I shall have no occasion to ruin anybody but myself.' "'And as for me,' remarked Miss Stanhope dryly, "'I have my own purse. "'And father has sent money to buy Ada's things, "'mothers and fans, too,' Anna added Annis. "'But, Millie, I must have some share in the shopping, too. "'I expect to enjoy that as much as the sightseeing.' Mildred assured her she should have as much as she wanted, adding, But there will be a good deal which will not be likely to interest you, napery and other housekeeping goods, for instance. Your share of those things will interest me, and must be paid for for my purse, put in the doctor. Quite a mistake, said Miss Stanhope. Those are the very things a bride or her parents are expected to supply. But Mildred is no longer a bride. Milly, for deep, my dear, I want you to help me to select a dress for the bride that is to be. Mildred looked up with a pleased smile. Just like you, Charlie, always thoughtful and generous. Ada Keith was the coming bride. She and Frank Osborne had been engaged for some weeks and expected to marry in the fall. This news had increased Annis's desire to get home. She wanted, she said, to see how Mr. Osborne and Ada acted and whether they looked very happy. And just to think, she added, when they're married, Fan will be Miss Keith, and we too will be the young ladies of the family. Ah, indeed, how old may you be, my little maid, laughed the doctor. 
Most thirteen, returned the little girl, drawing herself up with an air of importance. A very young lady, most decidedly, he said with a humorous look, bending down to pinch her rosy cheek as he spoke. I am growing older every day, she answered demurely. Edging away from him, father told me a year ago that I'd soon be a woman. Quite soon enough, dear. Don't try to hurry matters, said Aunt Wealthy. You can never be a little girl again. Mildred, having brought a competent nurse with her thus far on her journey, a woman who would serve her in the care of little Piercy while they remained in Philadelphia, then returned to the south with Mrs. Dinsmore, was able to give herself to the shopping without distraction. As she had foreseen, the greater part of that work fell to her and Miss Stanhope. Dr. Landreth and Annis accompanied them constantly for a day or two only, after that for an hour or so when something was to be purchased in which they were specially interested. But the two ladies were equal to the demand upon them. Mildred had had a good deal of experience in shopping in the last few years. Miss Stanhope was a veteran at the business, an excellent judge of qualities and prices, yet by reason of her absent-mindedness needed to have her knowledge supplemented by the collected wits of her niece. The old lady's odd ways and speeches often caused no little amusement to all within sight and hearing. One day she, her two nieces, and Dr. Landreth were in a large, handsomely appointed dry goods store, looking at silks and other dress fabrics. They had made several selections, and while the doctor and Mildred paid for and saw the goods cut off and put up, Miss Stanhope moved on to the farther end of the room, where she saw, as she thought, an open doorway leading into another of similar dimensions and appearance. As she attempted to pass through the doorway, she found herself confronted by a little old lady rather plainly attired. Miss Stanhope nodded pleasantly and stepped to the right. At the same instant, her this of this nodded also and stepped to her left, so that they were still in each other's way. Miss Stanhope moved quickly to the other side, with a stranger doing likewise. They did not succeed in passing. Miss Stanhope stood still, so did the other, and for an instant they gazed steadily into each other's eyes. Then Miss Stanhope spoke in a gentle, ladylike, yet slightly impatient tone. I should like to go on into that part of the store, if you will kindly permit me. Take whichever side you will, or if you please, stand where you are, and let me step past you. She attempted to do so, but again the stranger moved directly in front of her. Madam, said Miss Stanhope, unconsciously raising her voice slightly, I will stand still if you will be good enough to step out of my way. There was neither reply nor movement, but Miss Stanhope's ear caught sounds of suppressed laughter coming from various directions in her rear, and a clerk stepping to her side said, with an unsuccessful attempt to preserve gravity, countenance and steadiness of tone excuse me madam but you are standing before a mirror there is no doorway there dear me so i am what an old simpleton not to recognize my own face she exclaimed joining good-naturedly in the laugh her mistake had raised very good evidence that you are lacking in the vanity that leads some to a frequent contemplation of their own features remarked the proprietor politely "'Ah, sir, an old woman like me has small temptation to that,' she returned. "'What was it, Aunt Wealthy? What are you all laughing at?' asked Stannis, joining her. 
just at a foolish mistake of your old auntie's, my dear, taking a mirror for an open doorway and her own reflection for another woman who wouldn't get out of her way. Annis could not help laughing a little, though she tried not to, lest she should hurt the dear old lady's feelings. I'm not much surprised, Auntie, she said, gazing into the mirror, for it does seem like looking into another store. I think I might have made that mistake myself, but I never could have taken you for anybody else, and it's odd you didn't know yourself. Ah, dearie, self-knowledge is said to be the most rare and difficult thing in the world, returned Miss Stanhope pleasantly. But come, I see the doctor and Millie are waiting for us. We are going to some trimming stores now, Aunt Wealthy, said Mildred. You will be able to match your Zephyrs, I hope. Yes, I'll have my samples out ready to show, though, Lady answered, taking them from a small satchel which she carried up on her arm. You and the doctor walk on. Annis and I will follow. Take tight hold of my arm, dearie, she added, holding it out as they stepped into the street. Lest you should get separated from me and lost in the crowd, the streets are so full, and everybody seems in the greatest hurry. Yes, said Annis, doing as she was bidden, so different from pleasant plains. There one can hurry along or nod as one likes without being jostled. There, Millie and Brother Charlie have gone into a store and we must follow. They hastened in, almost out of breath, from their rapid walk. Miss Stanhope gently shook off Annis's hand, stepped to a counter, holding out her samples of Zephyr, and addressing a clerk, remarked, "'These are lovely collars.' "'Yes,' said the girl, staring. "'But what of it, ma'am?' "'My aunt wishes to match them,' said Annis, with dignity, resenting the half-insolent tone of the girl. "'Oh, go to the next counter.' They moved on. Miss Stanhope smiled to herself at her own mistake, Annis with cheeks burning with indignation at the girl's rude stare and supercilious tone. "'Don't forget what you want this time, Hattie,' she whispered as they paused before the next counter. "'No, dearie, but you mustn't mind your old auntie's blunders. "'This time they were waited up on by a sweet-faced, modest maiden, "'who showed herself both obliging and respectful. "'Miss Stanhope found just what she wanted, "'but Mildred was not ready to go yet, "'and while waiting for her, the old lady and the little girl "'amused themselves in examining the various contents of a showcase.' and a Samaritan necklace of amber beads, and Aunt Wealthy bought it for her, also another nearly like it for Fan. Anything else, ma'am? asked the saleswoman, as she wrapped them up. Yes, one of those little purses, said Miss Stanhope, it is just what I want for small change in the trunk of my key, which I always carry in my pocket when traveling. With a slight smile, the saleswoman handed out several. Miss Stanhope made her selection, and the query, Anything else? was repeated. Oh, yes, exclaimed the old lady, as with sudden recollection, Have you any remnants? Remnants? Of what? Dress goods. Oh, no, we keep nothing but trimmings and notions. Mildred had finished her purchases, and coming up at that moment asked, What is it, Aunt Wealthy? Remnants. Oh, yes, of course, you will want a supply of them, returned Mildred, with a good-humored, slightly amused smile. And yet, what use can you make of them now? Even Annis has grown too large for a remnant to make her a dress. But there's Piercy, and Zilla's boy, too, was the prompt reply. Besides, they can be put to many uses about a house. Mightn't a remnant be big enough to make an apron for a lady, even? asked Annis. Yes, said Mildred. 
and as I know Auntie enjoys buying them, we will look for some. They started at once on the quest, and Miss Stanhope was quite elated and triumphant on finding in two different stores two remnants of beautiful lawn exactly like alike, which together would make an ample dress pattern for Annis, besides others that could be utilized for aprons for her and fan, dresses for the baby boys, or patchwork for quilts. Remnants were quite a hobby of the old lady, and she could never feel quite satisfied with the results of a shopping expedition that not, did not include some bargains in that line. Returning to their hotel, they found letters from the Oaks and from home awaiting them. Ah, oh, Millie remarked to the doctor with satisfaction as he glanced over his. Here are our measures. Rupert sends them. Then they are sure to be right, she responded. Measures for what? inquired Miss Stanhope. Wallpaper and carpets for our new house. It is ready for them. Oh, how nice, cried Annis, clapping her hands. May I go with you to choose them, Brother Charlie? We will be pleased to have your company, and the benefit of your taste was the gallant rejoinder, and wealthy's also. Thank you, said Miss Stanhope, absently. I'm glad you're so near being done with your house. I think it's a good plan to buy your paper here. But I'm afraid you'll have to put it on yourselves, for though I remember there were some painters in Pleasant Plains, when I was there I don't think there were any papers at all, and everybody's walls were whitewashed as far as I can recollect. But you know that was some years ago, Auntie, said Mildred, and a good many luxuries have been introduced since then, paper hangers among the rest. And the Keith family are so handy that can, they can easily do such work for themselves if necessary, laughed Annis. The boys really did paper our house and paint it too. Do you see, Millie, holding up a letter? This is from Elsie. She says she is having a lovely time with her papa, but misses us ever so much and hopes we will come back to spend next winter at the Oaks. Tell her when you write that we are gr greatly obliged, but the journey is quite too long to take twice a year, returned Mildred happily. And we couldn't spend every winter away from father and mother, added Annis. Oh, how glad I shall be to get home to them, and Than, and the rest. How soon can we start? Time's up in another week, answered the doctor, and I judge by the rate at which we've been going through the shopping and sightseeing that we'll be ready by then. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic. Mm -hmm.